All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. Welcome to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Learn Your English is a company that is changing the way people study, learn, and teach languages. Learn Your English offers students and teachers strategies to effectively develop their abilities and skills in their own time. Bringing you the latest in English language learning and teaching, Teacher Talking Time explores all angles for teachers and students alike. Got a question? Comment. A story to share. Send us an email at info at learnyourenglish.com. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Hi guys, I'm Andrew, and this is Teacher Talking Time, the podcast brought to you by Learn Your English. Info at learnyourenglish.com is our email. Shoot us a question, concern, comment about the show or any interest in online courses or our face-to-face enrollments as well, please shoot us an email over there. Our website as well, learnyourenglish.com. Big show today. Thank you for tuning in. On today's show, an interview with ELT professional Fabi Nevis. She spills the beans on the last 12 years of her career. She's currently located in Sao Paulo, Brazil. She's also the owner of the Buxton School near Rio. She provides us with her insights on the Brazil ELT market, the environment, why some people have had lots of success and why others haven't had as much success as maybe they would have liked. She talks to us about Brazil's place in the ELT world and gives her ideas on the best way to learn and what our our role as teachers is in that. Stay tuned, guys. You're not going to want to miss this. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. This is Mike from Learn Your English, and you're listening to Teacher Talking Time. Okay, and today I'd like to welcome a good friend of mine, Fabi Nevis, to the show. Fabi, how are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm good, thank you. Where are you? I'm in Brazil right now. I'm You're in, in Brazil. Sao Paulo. Yeah. All right. And I have been living here like for two years, but I'm from Rio, Brazil. From oh, that's that's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> how is how is it uh, growing up in Rio? It was good. Like uh, I. I was born in a small city in Rio State, like it's like two hours from Rio. And it was very good because it was not a big city, but it was also not a small city, you know. Mm-hmm. And I studied for three years in Rio de Janeiro. I did my university over there. So it was pretty amazing. It's a beautiful place. Right now it's not that safe, but it's I think the most beautiful city in the world for sure. Okay, no, I've heard that. I've heard that Rio is a little bit unsafe, but it's supposed to be one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Yeah, it is still, it still is, like, it's very, very beautiful. But right now, we have, like, lots of problems in Brazil, and we are not secure here anymore. Okay, that's unfortunate, right? Yeah, that's very terrible news, but it's true. Were you in Rio for the Olympics? No, I wasn't. Uh, I was there for the World Cup just to watch, you know. Okay. Uh, some like some games, 
But I didn't go to the games. I was like watching <laughs> bars and stuff like that. I was, was going to ask, expensive. yeah, did you get into the stadiums? But no. Okay. No, it was very, very expensive for us. I can imagine. Yeah. But the bar scene must have been really, really exciting. Yeah, it was. It was really, really nice. Uh, they got like big screens on the beach, you know, they had like concerts. So it was really nice. All right. Nice. Uh, and Fabi, so you're a teacher in Brazil. Yes, I am. An I English teacher. Teaching, yeah, I have been teaching English for 12 years right now. Wow. Yeah. Time flies, uh, doesn't it? Time flies. It's crazy. And it's funny because I always say that it's a hobby for me because I didn't choose this profession, you know, because I studied like management and tourism mm-hmm. um, at universities. And right now I was like, come on, I don't know what to do with my life, you know. And then I chose to be a teacher because it was the only thing I, I don't know, I loved to do. You know, uh, I think it's funny, was, right? Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but a lot of teachers have the same story. My story is exactly like that. Yeah. I studied history and philosophy yeah, really? in university. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy, right? So why didn't, you, why didn't you become like a history teacher instead of English teacher? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> same thing as kind of what you just said. Yeah. I never thought or never envisioned myself being a teacher. So yeah. in university, you know, I think as, as most people do when you're 18, 19, uh, you don't, I didn't have a, a clear vision of what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided yeah. to study something that I was interested in. And I was, I still am very much interested in history and, and philosophy for different reasons. History, I like to know what happened in the past and philosophy is more an abstract way of thinking, right? Uh, sure. So from that, and then I moved to Costa Rica and started teaching there. But again, teaching just to kind of travel abroad, not teaching because I wanted to be a teacher. And then okay. through that process, learning that I actually liked it and became quite <laughs> and good at it. Right? And then yeah. for me, almost you know, 10 years later, here we are. So it sounds like you have a very similar story. Yeah, because um, I started to be a teacher when I got into my second degree, you know, because I was like, come on, I'm not going to study like four more years and be a student again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, why do I study? I'm going to be a teacher just to make money, you know. And after I graduated in my second university, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm just going to go on with teaching, you know, because this is what I like to do. And I don't know, I was born to do that, maybe. And here I am. (laughs) There you are. I would ask you this. So most teachers also love learning. Would you say that you have a passion for learning? Yes, I love, I really love, uh, I have studied English abroad in, uh, in Australia, in the United States and in Canada. Okay. And I don't know, I always tell my students, we never know everything. It's impossible, you know. I'm Brazilian, so I'm not, I'm not an American. I'm not an Australian. I'm not a Canadian. So sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I don't know the word. So Sometimes, if you don't know the word, we have to look up in the dictionary, you know? Yeah. So I think we have to keep learning and keep studying as well. So we, we are teachers, but we have to study, you know? Of course. We can't quit that. Yeah, we quit. And of course, there's always more than one way to say something, right? I say this yeah, to my students sure. all the time. If you, don't know sure. how, if you don't know that word, or it often occurs, right, when people are speaking English as a second language or a third language or additional language. Yeah. And they want to say it exactly the same way as they would say it in their mother tongue. And I say, well, don't do that. If you don't know how to say that, it doesn't matter. There's another way to say yeah, it. Just we, use the words you do know. We can try to explain, right? Of course. If you don't know how to say it, you can explain or you can try to, I don't know, 
get a similar word. That's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how old were you, Fabi, when you started learning English or an additional language for the first time? Was yeah, it in elementary school? Was, no, I was about seven, six, seven years old. Okay. Um, and my mom got me into like a language school in, in, my, in my city. And I remember when I was about, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old, I got sick of it. I was like, oh, I want to quit it. You know, like, I don't want to go to school anymore. And my mom was like, no, you have to. You can't <laughs> quit. And I remember because it was very early in the morning and my teacher was really boring. And I was crying, you know, like, it was like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And nowadays, my mom is like, thank me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the one who was forcing you to go and you didn't quit because of me. So, and I tell this to all moms from my students, you know, because sometimes they want to quit. Sometimes it's, I know it's boring, you know, like tests are boring. Sometimes you, you get up very early to study and, oh, I don't want to go. I know how that feels, you know, but you're going to thank someone in the future. And I think parents are the reasons that, we're here, you know? Absolutely. So my mom and my dad, like in Brazil, it's very expensive, not very, very expensive, but it is expensive to go to a, to an English school, you know? And especially when you go like for 10 years, like I did, I think I studied like almost 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, it's a big investment, but it's worth it for sure. So because is it, go ahead. In Brazil, only 3% speak English, like a fluent English, not, 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 just English, but a second language. Only 3% of Brazilians speak a second language. Really? It's crazy, yeah. That's such a low yeah. number. Yeah, it's I shocking. know, and it's true. It's not me who is saying that, but if you if you look up on the internet, you're going to see that. Yeah. It's only 3%, yeah. And most of people, like, they, uh, we do have, like, um, English classes uh, in high school, but most of the teachers they speak really terrible English, so they teach the uh, uh, like the class in Portuguese, you know. Right. So it's not really an English class. So that's why most of Brazilians they cannot speak uh, English very well, you know. Okay, so I mean, this goes into something that I wanted to touch on uh, in the podcast today with you because you've said that you studied started learning English when you were seven, and obviously. Yeah. Now you're not seven anymore, but even your, your learning process has been ongoing. And I think I can say that you're, you're still learning today, many years yeah. later, right? You've lived abroad. Yeah, you lived sure. in Australia and you, I, we met when you were here in Toronto. Yes. You've lived abroad learning and teaching English. Um, but studies, a study in 2014 about Brazil or, or about English language in general by uh, the English Proficiency Index. And this was reported in a Brazilian newspaper that I saw called the Estado. And okay. it ranked uh, 60 countries on their citizens' levels of English. Do you want to know out of 60 where Brazil ranked? Do you want to take uh, a guess? At the end, maybe. <laughs> not quite, but not, not as really? high as I'm sure they would like. There was 38 out of 60. Wow. And this was from 2014. Wow. Uh, for context, nice. so right around the 38 number of countries like Egypt, Sri Lanka, Iran, uh, have similar numbers in terms of English proficiency to Brazil. Uh, yeah. Brazil is behind. Argentina and Costa Rica were the yeah, two highest ranking I was going to say that. Uh, if you go to Argentina, most of the people there can speak English very well, you know? Like, it's totally different. We are in South America like them, but 
they have like much better education than us. Okay, so what, sure. let's let's dive into that a little bit. What do you think is the difference? Or we don't have to compare, but let's I mean, we can focus on Brazil. What challenges, in your opinion, face Brazilians in their quest to learn English? Or maybe that's even a misconception. Do we 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 always think of people wanting to learn English, but maybe Brazilians they don't want to learn English. It's I think first of all it's difficult because most of the people they don't have like um, they they are not in touch with. English every day, all day. So this is very hard for us because education in Brazil is not so good. And we start like learning English in in our school when we are little, you know. Mm-hmm. But the problem is like the teachers who teach English, they went to school, they went to university to learn Portuguese English. Okay. And, and what does that mean? In Brazil, we call literacy. I don't know how to say that. So it's like okay. it's like a bachelor to teach Portuguese and English. So most of the teachers, like 99%, they teach Portuguese. They never teach English. So this 1% who teach English, I'm saying 1% like mm. in general, okay? Okay. They speak a not so good English. That's the problem here. And they go teaching and they can be a good teachers because they can't speak fluently. They have never been abroad. They have never been to an English course, a real English course, because at universities, uh, you don't you don't learn to be fluent. That's the problem. You learn grammar, you learn stuff, but you don't, you're not fluent. You don't learn how to be a perfect English teacher. And okay. that's the problem. And then when they go to school, they teach really terrible uh, subjects, you know, like terrible, uh, uh, how can I say, topics. Mm-hmm. And usually in Portuguese, we, we don't have like, uh, English, like a hundred percent all the time, you know, in schools here, we okay. still, ha- we do have like, uh, how can I say a school, which is like bilingual here, mm-hmm. but it's very, very, very expensive as well. I think here we call those, I don't know what you call them in Brazil, but here we would refer to those as American schools, quote unquote, American schools. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah, they're high schools, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High schools so where Brazilian children or, or whatever children in the country that we're talking about yeah, go to school, but they go to school people. in English. Yeah, it's for rich people for sure. Okay. And the teachers are from abroad or the teachers are Brazilian? Most of the teachers are Brazilian, okay. uh, but for sure they, they, they might have like, uh, I don't know, foreign teachers. So where, if the teachers are Brazilian, where I don't know. I don't know anyone <laughs> in a school like that. Uh, usually we do have like in Rio and Sao Paulo, you know, mm-hmm. like big cities, but not in my city. So in in those cases, I know it's a very small number or a small percentage rather, but for those teachers that are Brazilian teaching in those American schools, those teachers must be very qualified and very good. So where would those Brazilian teachers have learned one, yeah. their language and two, learned how to teach? Yeah, I can say for sure they went to English courses like me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's impossible um, to have a person who has never been to an English course, you know, like just teaching. It's very hard. It's very, I'm not going to say impossible, impossible, but it's very, very hard. So in Brazil, uh, we go to English courses like for, I don't know, five, 10 years so that you can be fluent. And after that, uh, you can go to university or you can have like a teacher diploma, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you can be a teacher. So it's, it's, there is a big difference because to be a teacher in English courses, you just need to 
You just need to have learned English in courses in general. But to be a teacher in schools and university, you need to have a degree. Right. That's the biggest difference. Okay. Okay. You know? Good. You need to have a degree. So the problem is this degree, it's in Portuguese and English. Nowadays, we, we, we have only degree in English, but it's more difficult, I think. Most, most people choose like Portuguese and English degree. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is, you know, I've heard this and you've heard this obviously from your students. And when I teach here, we have lots of students coming from Latin America, of course, all the time. Yeah. And almost, you know, all of them, I would say 99 point whatever percent of them say, you know, the English that they learned or the English they studied when they were in high school, middle school, elementary school, university even was not very good. And they're yeah. coming abroad to the US, to Canada, to Europe, to wherever to improve that, even if they already now, you know, through other means have improved their English uh, on their own. So I think it's common that the school system is blamed. The teachers, you know, my teacher doesn't speak English very well. Uh, however, we also need to look at yeah. the system that puts those teachers in that position, you know, not to succeed, right? Of if course. The of curriculum course. says, well, we want everyone to speak English, but you don't train your teachers to fulfill that promise. What's the point? Yeah, uh, I think the, the problem is that in Brazil, like in high school, like you said, it's like two hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. and two hours a week, you can't learn anything, you know, like, and two hours, and most of those two hours are going to be Portuguese, it's going to be in <laughs> our own language, you know, and I, I remember uh, being in the class, and I was already fluent because I used to study in an English course. And my teacher couldn't say verb to be. He was verb to boo, to be. And oh it was God. really terrible, her accent and her pronunciation. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh, my God, can you repeat that, please? I used to mock her, you know. I used to make fun uh, of her because it was really terrible. Talented. Well, no, because it's not her and fault, like, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be a teacher if I was that bad. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, it depends. Well, it depends. In the, in the public system, and again, you can speak about Brazil, but in Canada, a lot of times when you have your teaching degree and you teach in the public system and you're teachable, it's called, is in a certain subject, from year to year, they can change you from what you're teaching, right? So if a government yeah. comes up with a new initiative to, okay, we want everyone to take English classes now in high school and teachers just get assigned to teach those classes, but maybe those teachers don't have the necessary training or qualifications yeah. to do so. That's what we call poor management, right? We're putting those teachers yeah. in a position to fail because it's not, they don't have the training. It's not their fault that they are not up to snuff, so to speak, into in that position. Yeah, but, but I studied in a private school, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, in private schools are terrible. Can you imagine public schools? I know. So most of the teachers you have in Canada, for sure, they went to private schools in Brazil because they need to have money to go to Canada, you know? Okay. And you just said that they arrive in Canada, they can't speak, you know, very well. And well, it, it, it varies, of course. Learning, like, yeah, they have been learning like, for, for many, many years. And it's very hard. It's very, very hard. So public so, schools in Brazil are the worst. It's it's different from the United States, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Yeah. And when we have, I mean, this is clearly, do, do you see it as a problem that Brazilians' proficiency levels are low or do you think it doesn't matter? Yeah, it's a big problem because we don't have, uh, how can I say, good professionals, you know? Mm, okay. Uh, 
right now, for example, we have lots of companies in Brazil, like uh, foreign companies, you know, and we need people who can speak English, who can speak French, who can speak German. And it's crazy because we don't have qualified people. That's the problem in Brazil. You know, we don't have qualified people to travel abroad, you know, to work, to receive people. You know, it's very, very hard to find people like that. Right. So if you want to be a good professional, you need to speak more than English nowadays. You need to speak like two, three languages. True. And who can speak two, three languages in Brazil? Like almost nobody. I'm not kidding. You know, English is hard. Can you imagine two or three languages? You can count, really. It's very, yeah. very hard. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, and it is hard. I mean, I speak two, and I think that's yeah. hard. So yeah, adding to that sure. would be difficult. Uh, sure. So all of this conversation, of course, begs the question, okay, so this is the problem. Great. What's the solution? Or what are some possible solutions, right? And I referenced a study earlier where it ranked Argentina and Costa Rica at the top of the Latin American ladder in terms of English proficiency, right? One country that wasn't at the top of the list is Panama, but Panama recent, you know, a few years ago decided to do something about it. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the bilingual program in Panama, but basically the bilingual program is an initiative by the Panamanian government to elevate every public school English teacher's proficiency level to be one uh, in the Cambridge wow, framework. Nice. And they've paid that would be amazing. Yeah, and they've invested in their teachers to have one increased language training and two increased teacher pedagogical training. And they've sent them abroad. They've done they've brought teachers uh, to Panama. And their goal the goal of this is to have every Panamanian high school student or student child graduate high school at a B1 level. And they've invested wow. in their teachers. The Ministry of Education uh, have invested all of that into their own teachers or English teachers to achieve that goal. Um, and, and another study that I researched in preparation for this podcast was, according to the Brazilian Ministry of Education, 85%, so kind of similar to what you're saying, 85% uh -huh. of public school teachers in Brazil, Brazil don't have language proficiency in English. Yeah, for sure. So do you foresee... Brazil doing a similar initiative to what Panama has started? Well, I wish, I really wish that could happen in Brazil. But I think our worst problem right now, it's money and corruption. So sometimes I don't understand politician very much, mm -hmm. uh, but we do have money in Brazil, but we have lots of politicians who steal this money, you know? And that's the problem over there because to, to invest money, in those teachers would be amazing. But the problem is that we don't mm -hmm. have like, how can I say, honest politicians. Mm -hmm. Well, right now we have a new president and he's promising this. So like I told you, let's wait and see, you know. What, what is he promising, he sorry? Yeah, yeah, to, to invest in education. Okay. You know, okay. so if people really stop the corruption in Brazil, we're going to have money, you know. We're going to have money left to invest in education and maybe to do that like you just said to send uh, teachers abroad, you know, to really qualify them so they can teach in Brazil, you know? Right. But I think that's very, very hard. I hope it can happen. I really do. I'm really praying for that. But it's very, very hard. It's really difficult. It's very expensive. Yeah, very, very, very expensive. But like I told you, if we were not stolen every day in Brazil, 
we could do that, you know? Yeah. So I'm just reading uh, in the article that I was reading earlier. The, so the Panamanian government invested 8,000 US dollars per teacher in wow. this program. So it's not a cheap program, but their initiative is to have their students, again, thinking about this from the, the going from the problem to the solution, right? Think having their students graduate with a B1 level. So in order to do that, it makes sense to have the teachers obviously have, speaking at least at a B1 level as yeah. well. So I think Panama is the exception here. I mean, it's a great initiative. Obviously, it's very expensive, but hopefully other countries, if not doing the same thing, can do something yeah. similar. We, we could do something similar for sure. I don't know. I've never seen any politicians talking about English here in Brazil. Like I, I told you, I'm not an expert in mm -hmm. politicians, but I really wish that this could happen in Brazil, you know, because I think this would change a lot. I think to speak another language is not only about profession. It's about like open your mind, you know? Of like course. If you open your mind, if you travel, if you have like, you know, other cultures, you know? I have students here. I'm, I'm not kidding. I have students here. And I used to talk about the United States, about Canada. They don't know where Canada is in the map. <laughs> on the map. I'm not kidding. And I was like, oh, I lived in Australia. Oh, what language do they speak in Australia? And I said, oh my God, it's English, you know? And it's crazy. So it's not only the language. People don't have, uh, I don't know, education in Brazil, you know? It's very mm -hmm. sad. People say that about Americans all the time because they only think about them, you know? But in Brazil, it's, I don't know, the education is very poor. So we need to improve the education. And then, of course, it's going to be languages. And, of course, with the teachers getting an improvement, you know? Right. But it's very, very difficult. Of but course. I hope maybe in the near future, this can happen. I hope so, too. I really hope so, too. Yeah. And, like of course... I Yep. Argentina, you just said, Argentina is much better than Brazil, you know? I went over there, I saw people speaking English. And come on, why, why cannot be like us, you know? Well, it so, can be. Okay, you have to, you have to have, no, remain hopeful, why, right? Why can't us be like them, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> A Brazilian is saying they want to yeah. be like Argentina? Oh my God, that's scandalous. Yeah, but if you're saying about English, I totally agree. <laughs> you're going to start a war. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but of course, language is a tool for many things, right? Obviously, professionally, that's the first thing that we think of. Yeah. Immigration, perhaps, as well. But research obviously shows that you know our, our brain, the more languages we speak, uh, functions differently and has more uh, cognition and has allows us to do different things. And for yeah. these reasons, people, you know, thousands... If not hundreds of thousands of people every year travel the world learning languages. And Toronto, of course, is flooded with Brazilian students in language yeah. schools and universities and colleges all the time. I can't count how many Brazilian students I've taught here. And obviously with political situations, Canada has seen, you know, in, in the U.S. and perhaps now in Brazil, Canada has seen an increase in yeah, Brazilian students. Cheaper. Yeah, it is cheaper to go to Canada than... Uh, the U.S. It's cheaper and yeah, yeah, much much cheaper. It, it's better in my opinion, but I think the money talks, and yeah. it's really really cheaper than the United States. And I mean, England of, or Britain, of course, is another option, but also quite expensive in, in my experience. Much right? more so expensive. I think yeah, Canada is in the in, in a perfect, well, not a perfect, but a, a pretty good situation in terms of attracting students to study. But I'm curious, what are Brazilians' perceptions of Canada? Uh, I think Canada right now, it's, um, how can I say, 
it's a better country, you know? It's a country that they accept uh, people from all over the world. So it's very international. And I think it's, they don't have like, um, how can I say, they don't hate Brazilians. Like for example, people say that Irish people hate Brazilians because there are a lot of people in Ireland, for example. Oh, yeah? A lot of Brazilians. Yeah, I don't I've know if you heard have that. heard that. There are a lot of Brazilians in, in Ireland because in Ireland is also cheaper than England. And I don't know, it's, I have heard uh, and I have read stories about Brazilians get like mistreated over there, you know, like, and it's really sad. And I think Canada, I don't know, you receive Brazilians with open arms and I think it's much, much better than, I don't know, Ireland or the United States. And even Australia, Australia is very far from us, you know? Yeah. It's very, very far. But well, far from think, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think Canada is the best option right now for Brazilians. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Right on. It's, 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 it's a country for the future, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. People are over there are very polite, you know. That's the stereotype. Then, you know what? We have yeah, jerks too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Americans are totally different, right? Brazilians hate Americans. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I mean, yeah. every every country has their I, I stereotypes. Love, you know? I love the United States. I cannot say that. I really love the United States. Stereotypes exist for a reason. I mean, there are obviously yeah, some people yeah. that fit it, but I think the majority of people are anywhere. It doesn't matter the country. People are just people, you know. Yeah. If we you, think you about... Know, like, go ahead. You know, you know why uh, Americans hate Brazilians because we party a lot. You know, but see, that's another stereotype. Not every yeah, Brazilian parties, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, but but ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> like for example, if you go to Disneyland, uh, I went to Disneyland uh, last summer, mm-hmm. and it was crazy because I saw lots of cast members, like Brazilians cast members in Disneyland, and I went to one of them. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" You know. And he was like, oh, I'm here to help Brazilians group. Okay. So why? Because they're very noisy and they go crazy here. So we need to calm them down. It was his answer. I'm not kidding. I was a <laughs> cast member. I was a cast member in 2004, but in Disneyland, California. And right now, I swear to God, if you go there, you're going to see lots of Brazilians helping other Brazilians, you know, not to mess around yes i will i will say this brazilians have a great energy about them so that's definitely true but Uh, it can be good or it can be bad sometimes like they told you it can be a negative point as well you know that's the problem it's all a matter of perspective right speaking of perspective let's go back to your teaching career fabi uh talking about your life as a teacher how long have you been teaching i have been teaching for 12 years Mm -hmm. and i started as i told you when while i was a student um, at my second degree and I just started teaching for fun like for a little money you know I didn't have a good salary at all mm-hmm. and after four years I graduated in my in my university as a manager um, management right yep it was like a business business school and after that I decided to be a teacher so I left this course I was working for and I was teaching like uh, in my house and at at my students' home as well. So I started like that for one year. And after one year, I opened my own course. So it was only me at the beginning. And after a few months, I hired another teacher and then another one. 
And after that, like in like in two years, I was, I don't know, maybe like five to seven teachers mm-hmm. in, my, in, my, in my language course. And we had like about 100 students, you know, and even other languages as well, like Spanish and French. And right now, like, um, I don't know, it's been, oh my God, almost eight years that I have this course. I, it's amazing. Have like, yeah, we, we have like Mandarin. Really? French, yeah. French, wow. German, Spanish, Italian, English, and yeah, English. Yeah, and math. Math, which is not a language, but we do have math. <laughs> hey, math I think so, a lot of people would say math is a language. <laughs> we have seven courses and about, yeah, seven courses and about six teachers. Yeah, I mean, so, it's great. You have but, your own your own school. It's doing yeah, really well. It's yeah, up in Rio, right? Yeah, it's in Volta Redonda, mm-hmm. which is Rio State. And uh, some teachers teach more than one language, so which is pretty cool, you know. They can teach like, oh, I forgot one, Swedish. You can teach you Swedish? Imagine that. Or yeah, your school teaches Swedish? One. Yeah, and we do have a uh, we do have a student. You know? Wow. Yeah, Tiago was one of our English. Uh, students and right now he's taking Swedish classes. Amazing, good for Tiago. Yeah. yeah, the teacher teaches Swedish, Italian, and English, which is pretty awesome. Incredible. So you, yeah, by yourself, with this, with your school, you are changing the culture of Brazil because you're you're getting people in and learning different languages, and you're, maybe yeah. maybe you're the solution to all this. Yeah, I hope so. I can be like a little solution. You know, <laughs> I, I used to teach as well at the city hall. The mayor from from a city hired me for two years to to teach um how can i say taxi drivers receptionists from hotels mm-hmm. because remember you were talking about the olympic games and the world cup yep so it was back in 2011 i think so uh i was hired to make people speak english you know like in two years it was very hard oh my because, god like i told you it was people who used to work with tourists, so people couldn't speak English at all. Right. It was a very tough job, very, very difficult, but it was a very nice experience for me. So I had almost 400 uh, students in those two years. And it's terrible because most of people give up, you know, when they start and then they give up very, very easily because they didn't have like, a very nice education and that's why people i don't know it was very hard for them because they have never learned english in their lives mm-hmm. and they were older you know like they were 30 40 50 sometimes 60 years old and it was very very difficult in that time but i can say that basic english they they got it you know they learned like basic english because we received some people in volta redonda we received uh egyptian uh, team, I guess. Um, some some teams, I don't remember exactly. Volleyball teams in the Olympics, okay? Right. Not, not the World Cup. Yeah. The Olympic Games. Volleyball teams, handball teams. I don't remember very well. And But it was very nice. And some people stayed in Volta Redonda because we are like less than two hours driving from Rio. So the hotels were all booked. So we need people, you know, to receive those foreigners, you know, and most of them could receive them, but it was a very, very hard job 
because some of them, they couldn't even like speak proper Portuguese. Can you imagine that? It was a, a yeah. tough job. Wow. That yeah. sounds extremely rewarding at the same time. For sure. It was amazing. I have pictures and it was amazing. Uh, we had our graduation, you know, like, and people really enjoyed learning another language, you know, they felt like, oh, important, I can speak English now, I can right. introduce myself, you know, I can understand even a little bit, as I told you, maybe A1 or A2, you know, like basic students, but it was very, very rewarding, very, very nice experience. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why I think most of us get into teaching, right? It's, it's a give and take, yeah. and we love it when yeah. our students learn, and that makes us happy. Yeah. And we make friends, right? Like I, I have big friends from those groups until today. Awesome. My best friend right now, his name is Lucio. He's like 62 years old. <laughs> so it's been, well, right now, eight years. Yeah, eight years because it was in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I'm still his friend, you know, like it, it's amazing. It's amazing how can we keep in touch with them? You know, some of them, they, they study with me until today. And it's really nice. It's really nice. Well, it's a really, it's a big growth experience as a teacher as well. And us growing as teachers is really, really important. We have to keep learning as teachers. We have to keep developing ourselves, right? Yeah, do you think sure. that you have a growth mindset as a teacher? Yes, I do. I think, uh, as I told you, I think we have to keep learning every day. And I think to, to teach, you know, every single person, it's very important. And we feel good because... We, we are transferring, you know, education, we are transferring culture, and it's really rewarding. We feel really good about ourselves, you know? So, I don't know, I think about, I'm trying to improve their future, you know? So, and your own future as well. Yeah, yeah. Because the when you... Thing, because I, I'm still learning, I'm still, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to, to improve myself as well. Which when, is pretty awesome. You when know? you and I met, you were here in Toronto taking a development, a teacher education course. Why did you decide yeah. to, to come to Toronto to take that? Um, I remember it was in 2015, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking by myself, it was like, oh, I graduated in English, like in, in, in English school in Brazil in 2001. And I was like, and I, and I started teaching in 2006, I think. So I was thinking about myself, I was thinking by myself, I was like, oh, it's been like 15 years since I graduated in English. So I think I need something to improve my English, to improve my techniques, you know, because as I told you, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I don't know everything. Sometimes I make mistakes, even in English or even in Portuguese sometimes. Nobody's and perfect. Don't yeah. Worry. And it was like, I don't know, it's been a long time that I'm not a student, you know, so I want to be a student. I want to go there and I, I, I want to learn and I want to have like uh, friends, you know, like new friends, new teacher friends. They can teach me something, you know, I can be a better person than I am now. And that's in a month because it was like 30 days course. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I got that. It was very, very, very nice course. And I learned a lot. Uh, I, I, as I told you, I know that I have some flaws. I know that I can be much, much better. Uh, but I think we do need to face that we have to improve every day, you know?
I couldn't so, agree with you more. Yeah, and that's. I, I remember. I remember that I, I went to the agents to the travel agents like last month here, and she was like, "Hey, Fabi, are, are you gonna sell your car again so you can travel abroad?" <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I sold my car because I had no money at all. You did? I, yeah, I sold oh my, my God. car, and I was like. I don't care, you know, I'm going to go on this trip and I don't know what I'm going to do when I come back because I'm going to be without a car and with lots of debts. but it was funny. And oh, man. Yeah, I'm crazy at this point. You know, I don't have money, but I, I try to find a way out and I try to to solve all my problems with that. Yeah, and but you know what? We, you, you know this. I know this. Lots of people know this. Material items are only material items. We don't need that, right? What truly yeah. makes us happy? We have to think about it for ourselves. but most people yeah. would agree that the non-material items, friendships, connections, experiences, these are what in the long term really make us happy. So would you rather keep your car and not have that experience and not meet those no people way. and not learn something new? You can no replace the car later. Yeah, that's that's what I did. It took like a few months, but I, I replaced it, you know, like I was, oh, let's start everything again, you know, all over again. But come on, it was so nice. I met like two Brazilian teachers, Japanese teachers, Korean teachers. Oh, my God. Colombian, Argentinian. It was amazing. It was I had like very, very nice classmates and also teachers, you know, it was amazing. Amazing. Have you have you implemented any of the techniques in your classes in Brazil? And if so, have all they worked? Them, all of them. I, I'm gonna tell you something that I was not supposed to, but <laughs> when I when I arrived, no one's listening. It's okay. No, no. When I arrived in Canada and we were teach, uh, we were learning. Sorry, we were learning how to prepare our class. You know how to write down stuff. You know, and when I arrived in Brazil, I saw the teacher's book. And I, I, I didn't pay attention to it a lot before I went to Canada, you know, and everything that I learned was over there, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, I have like so much information here that I've never used before, you know. Mm -hmm. So, of course, all the, 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 the uh, all the, the, the things that I've learned, you know, so I got a lot of uh, I don't know how can I say that, but everything changed me at that point that. I think I try to to pass it forward, you know, like, uh, as I told you, I have some teachers in my language school and it was like, come on, I learned that. And I think we could use this. We could use that. And uh, our English uh, English books were like much better after that because I was reading with another point of view, you know, I had like an open minded, like maybe much better one, you know. So it was very, very different point of view that I learned over there. I love so it. Totally different. I'm so happy because, to hear that. Yeah, because I told you, I, I didn't go to university to be an English teacher. Mm -hmm. So I didn't study for that. As I told you from the beginning, I, oh, this, this, is, this is my hobby, you know? Like I teach because I was born to do that. But after this course, after TESOL, I was like, oh my God, there are lots of techniques that I can use, you know? And I didn't use them before. So it was very, very, very uh, a good experience and Great. a good yeah, training program for me, for sure. That's incredible. And I hope other teachers will take that on as well. I mean, that's why I learned your English. What we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of generate a culture of that worldwide for English teachers to get together, take courses, learn, develop. We can always learn 
something new. I'm sure you do the same yeah. thing with your with your school. Your school is called Buxton, right? Buxton, yeah. Yeah, it's, and that's great. Where can where can people find your school if they're interested in taking classes? Well, uh, we have a blog, blogbuxton.blogspot.com. Okay. And we have some information about books, about methodology, about our price as well. And it's funny because we also teach online, you know? Great. So, of course, everybody from my city, Volta Redonda, Rio, uh, can go there, of course. We have private school, uh, private classes, sorry. We have private classes and group classes. But most of our classes are only the student and the teacher. Why? Because you can be more, how can I say, special. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to learn like 10 times faster than in a group of 10 or 15. Right. Most of Brazilians school teach for 15 students in, in a class. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. It's very tough, you know. So we have a group of one, two, three, five tops, you know. All like right. It's too much, in my opinion. And I also teach on Skype. I have some students, some friends who live in the United States, for example, and I teach them online. Sometimes I teach at midnight Brazil's time, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's good because I can teach from my house. And this is know, the teacher I, life, right? We're dedicated yeah, to our students. Yeah. And it's awesome, you know? I, I really like to do that. Uh, it's not a job. Uh, once I've heard, uh, I forgot his name, guy. I forgot the name of the guy from Coldplay. I totally forgot his name. Martin, Chris Martin. Is that Martin, his name? Martin, yeah. Chris Martin, yeah. And he just said that if you love your job, you don't need to work a single day. And that's what I keep in my mind, you know, like this is not a job for me. This is like a hobby because I really like to teach. Amazing. I really like to make friends. They're not only my students, they are my friends, you know. I take them for my life, you know. When I celebrate my birthday, my students I invite for my birthday, you know, like, yeah, I think I can say that like my best my best friends right now are or were my students. This well, is really nice. That's yeah. why you're one of the special teachers, Fabi. That's why oh, people love taking you. your classes because you have that mindset. <laughs> uh, yeah. Final final thought here as we wrap up, Fabi. Crystal Ball, looking into the future. What's the future of English in Brazil? Where is this all going? What do you think? I really we can get better. Like I told you, I think we can keep a big eye on our education. And, you know, I think we can improve, you know, um, even uh, not only schools and university, but English language schools, you know, like in general, not, not only English, but as I told you, it can be French, Italian. We do need to improve our Brazilians here. You know, like we need uh, to open their minds. We need to, I don't know, make, make a possible way for them. You know, I've heard lots of uh, stories about people who teach for free. You know, people who go to slums, for example, slums in Brazil are very, I don't know, I think you, you've known them, like we call favelas in Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's like a poor area and there are people who teach for free. And I think that's amazing. And I hope I can do that one day. You know, I really would like to do that. And I think if we, we take education to everyone, maybe we can have a better future in Brazil, you know? And I think, I think language is the way. I think that's a great way to leave it. It's a very positive note, and I, I hope the same 
for Brazil. Fabi Neves, thank you so much for joining us oh, today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.